Hello and welcome to Beyond Boundaries. My name is Justin Douglas. So pumped to have you with me today on this episode of Beyond Boundaries. If you want to learn more about me or find the show notes for this episode, you can go to pastorjustindouglas.com. You can interact there with feedback, comments, and questions, or you can reach out via Instagram. I'm at Pastor Justin Douglas. Also, please consider subscribing, rating, reviewing, and sharing. It really does make a difference. A few weeks ago, I traveled to New York City and sat down with Jonathan Williams. Jonathan is lead pastor of Forefront Church in Brooklyn. His book, She's My Dad, A Father's Transition and a Son's Redemption, was released a few months ago. We had an incredible conversation about his story and his book, Jonathan is a great guy, and I really enjoyed our conversation. I hope you enjoy it, too. Check it out. I'm here with Jonathan Williams, author of She's My Dad, A Father's Transition and a Son's Redemption, also pastor of Forefront NYC Church in Brooklyn. How are you doing, Jonathan? Living the dream, as always. (laughs) As always. Awesome. Do you want to share a little bit about yourself, a little overview of you, kind of the church, and then I definitely want to get into the book as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so I am a pastor for Front Church. Uh, it's here in Brooklyn, and uh, been doing that since 2012. Uh, we are uh, an LGBT affirming church in New York mm-hmm. City, uh, and we we I, we still identify as evangelical, which is interesting, right? Yeah. It's sort of a a juxtaposition there. Um, but yeah, yeah. In 2012, we started, uh, and about three months after we started, uh, my dad flew to New York. Um, to tell me something. Right. And so, yeah. so I had no idea what that would be. And, uh, you know, in my mind, I, I thought it like my dad committed insurance fraud. I was like, gonna go, <laughs> you know, I was going to like go to jail for two months or something. Yeah. And I was like, well, that stinks. <laughs> um, but no, my dad came and my dad, uh, said that, that, uh, he was transitioning to the female gender that, that he, mm. he was transgender and had felt this way his entire life. And, and so that was a shock. You know, that was yeah. an absolute shock. I think at that point, I didn't quite understand what it meant to be transgender. Yeah. Uh, and so... There we, wasn't a whole lot of context for that, even in culture at that point, right? No, no. Yeah. You know, this is before Caitlyn Jenner, before yeah. Transparent, before Orange is the New Black. Yeah. And so it was all like, huh, okay, so so what is this about? You know, I, I didn't get mm-hmm. it. And, you know, my dad was a pastor. So yeah. So for me, my dad is a pastor and, and my hero and the reason that I get into church planting and... And so it felt like in one moment, like I lost it all. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if you're planning a church, which I know that you, you pastor a church too, <laughs> you know, you're meeting with like anybody who has a pulse <laughs> and, you're, and you're working yep. like 85 hours a week and yeah. it's miserable. And so like, yeah, I'm like working 85 hours a week. Is this the first everybody. year of the church? This is three months in three months, three in. months in. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You're in like the, I'm in the like, red zone. I'm in like, like right that, there. like, you know, when oh, you can't man. pick your head up. Yeah. So, yeah, so I was, I was devastated. I mean, like oh, absolutely man. devastated. Um, how did yeah. you work through that? That's, that's gotta be a, I mean, that's obviously the story of the book. Um, uh, she's my dad, which I, I've read. It's a great book. Like, do you want to share a little bit about like that journey, that process? Like you're, you're working through this new information you found out about your dad while you're also like at the margins just in life. You know what I mean? Most like, definitely. Yeah. yeah. No, it's so a lot of stress. Probably. Lots of stress. And I think the hardest part was, uh, you know, this organization planted our church and the mm-hmm. organization is an, is a not an affirming organization, which is fine. I think they're a great organization still yeah. to this day. So when you planted, were you planting as like a close to affirming church, like, or an affirming church or were you kind of like just 
accepting of everybody? Like, I guess I'm yeah, curious your, your process. Yeah, on that. I mean, like, we were accepting of everybody. I think at that point, uh-huh. um, in my mind, we were going to become affirming. Yeah. But in my mind, you know, whatever, we were going to become affirming when we were self-supporting financially. Gotcha. Once we were uh, sort of uh, out from underneath the wing of this church planning organization we were a part of. Sure. Uh, then we would go ahead and do it. So I was thinking, you know, three, four years down the road, we'll, we'll decide that we're an affirming church. Mm-hmm. And then when my, my dad came out to me, uh, you know, at the time he, he said, uh, he said, you can't tell anybody in this organization. I'm on the board of this organization. If they find out, I'm going to, I'm going to get fired. So not only like, wow. Yeah. Not only am I planting <laughs> yeah. a church three months in, my dad just tells me that he's trans, but I also can't tell anybody because my dad will then lose his job, you know? So, yeah. so really there, you know, I didn't handle it well. I drank yeah. like legitimately. I drank a lot. Wow. And, uh, you couldn't even tell like staff. At your church, I probably. Tell staff. Like, yeah, I mean, outside I, of your family, obviously your your wife, but like beyond I, nobody know. else, nobody wow. else can know. Uh, I broke down about six months in and told my staff, but mm. the only reason I told them is because they were like, "You're drinking way too much. What's going on? Mm. Um, you you changed seemingly overnight from someone who was like really excited to somebody who's really depressed, and we see it. Why?" Mm. And I was like, well, I, I need to let you know what's going on. Wow. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I always say, I wrote about it in the book, um, Yeah, crying in the green room before church, just crying and being like, this sucks. Mm. I, I lost my dad. None of this makes sense anymore. And then, you know, church would start at 10 and like 9.50, I'm like drying my eyes, walking downstairs, putting on a happy face, preaching, doing my thing. And then going home and being like, I, I'm done. I, this, mm. this is awful. How did you, during, <coughs> that, during that time, how did you, I guess, relate to your dad? Because you, you guys were, were pretty close, right? Like, like, and not, not that you, you were closer than you weren't, but I guess I'm trying to figure out, like, you, you were going to him for advice because obviously he... He's a pastor. You're you're going in. You've already been in the ministry as an as an associate, but you're going into kind of lead pastor ministry yeah, here yeah. and church planting and and um, and I'm sure that's opening up all kinds of questions, right? That, <laughs> that you have and and who better to go to than your dad, who's a seasoned veteran of sorts in this particular area. And so I would assume those first few months of church planning, you're talking to him regularly then? And you know, we were, yeah. So yeah. every day for that matter. And then you know, every day. Then after this conversation, did things kind of change? I, I didn't know I didn't know what to do, right? Yeah. So I don't know how to I don't really know how to, to talk to my dad anymore, you know, yeah. because it wasn't my dad. It was now this other person who who I yeah. didn't know. And so um I didn't want to meet her. You know, I didn't want to meet her. Uh, yeah. um, I didn't want to talk to her. I didn't want to know her in any way. Uh it was interesting because um because even like the way I thought about LGBT issues, I, I recognized like um, so long as the story benefited me, I was happy to affirm the LGBTQIA community. Yeah. And as soon as it became personal, I was like, whoa, whoa I don't know if I can do this anymore. Mm. Which was disappointing in its own level. Like, oh, you're just a white neoliberal, mm-hmm. you're, all, you're all talk, but when it comes down to it, you don't want to take any action. You don't want to give anything up, you know? Yeah. And I think that was something I was dealing with too, especially having gay friends in the church who were like, yeah, this is amazing. You know, your dad's coming out when they did find out. Yeah. And I was like, well, it's not, doesn't feel that amazing to me. <laughs> and that, yeah. that, that was not, yeah, that was a tough thing. And so really about it for about a year, I sort of wrestled with this because my dad was still working for this organization. Yeah. And so then when she finally came out to the organization, yeah, lost her job within a matter of, of days. Yeah. Uh, all that happened. And, um, 
And was a microscope put on you right away oh, when yeah, that happened? Yeah. Like, cause I'm sure they're like, okay, so what? I think, I think, I think people felt, you know, people came to me and they were as shocked or as like angry or as perplexed as I was. They were yeah. like, what is, what is this about? I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. And I was like, well, join the club. I don't, I don't quite get it either. You know, yeah. I don't, I, don't, I can't make sense of this either. And then, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like it's almost like people like came to me for permission to be upset about it. <laughs> and so it was like this weird role to play where like yeah. I was getting phone calls daily and yeah. people would be like, Hey, I heard this about your dad. Is it true? Yeah, it's true. Wow. Um, I don't really know what to think about this. And I'd be like, well, I'm upset. And they'd be like, I think I'm upset too, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so then I'm playing that role for a whole group of people yeah. and, and that felt unhealthy. I didn't realize it at the time, but it, it felt unhealthy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think it. I think it really put me in a, in a place where where the um, the traditional evangelical church, the, the the kind of everybody's welcome, but once we get to the point of affirmation, sorry, it doesn't work. Mm. Um, where I was very comfortable just hanging with them because mm. I didn't quite understand um, what was happening with my dad, you know. Yeah. And so it was almost like I took a step back in terms of my social leanings. Right? Uh, yeah. They became less like, oh, I want to be a part of an affirming. Uh, church to like no I think I'm comfortable right here with these people who who um aren't necessarily affirming because I wasn't affirming of my dad right yeah that's that's the ultimate reason why how how long did the anger the like unknown of like what what does this mean what is like how what are some steps along the way that like I guess would be like mile marker moments I know (laughs) uh I, I guess you obviously tell your staff now, at least you probably have a little bit of relief around the office for people to have some context, right? For like what you're going through. And then, um, obviously when, uh, your dad becomes public with this, right. um, Right. There's, there's probably, obviously it gets difficult because you get all these phone calls, but there's a sense of like, okay, now I don't have to hold this secret so tightly anymore. Cause that was probably, that was, that was easier. That was better. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think uh, the biggest mile marker moment for me uh, was the worst moment and the best moment all, all at once. I, like, it's funny. I think about it now and I'm like, um, I'm like, you know, if scripture's still alive, which I, I think it is, like, this feels like scripture to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but my dad and I, we always bonded over baseball. <laughs> the all-star, the all-star game story. Game, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this it, is a good story. I, like, it's, so, it's, yeah, it's like yeah. so important for me. Like, yeah. And uh, so I said, dad, come to the all-star game with me. It's, it's at City Field where the Mets play. Mm-hmm. And I grew up, you know, season tickets to the Mets and all that. And How long is this after your conversation? This is probably, you know, this has to be almost a, uh, eight, nine months. Okay. Eight, nine months maybe. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so eight, nine months afterwards, I still don't, I haven't met her. I haven't met her. Mm-hmm. I haven't, uh, I don't know her name. I don't want to interact with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I said, come to the game. Like, you know, this attempt to, to sort of reclaim my dad or get my dad back. Also a sense of masculinity. It's baseball. Yeah, I think something so. Father, yeah. Something, son, something that we bonded over. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then, uh, and then she couldn't come. Like, mm-hmm. And I was like, why can't you come? And she was like, you don't even want to know. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I, I think you're not coming because you're, you're doing something that's going to, be a part of your transition. Mm-hmm. So I go to the game by myself and I'm just, it's like the lowest point for me. It's like, this is brutal. I lost my dad. I don't have anything anymore. And I, I meet this random guy. Uh, his name's the mayor. He calls himself the mayor. <laughs> uh, I still am Facebook friends with the mayor, <laughs> but the mayor, like, you know, he, he grabs me and he calls me pasta, pasta. That's how he talks. <laughs> and, 
and uh, you know, he, he takes me down to field level, and we start taking pictures with players. I'm getting autographs and this and that, and you know, my my seats are like you know way up high at the top of the stadium, yeah. and he's like, "Pass to just stay here for a sec. We're sitting with the families. The families are all going to go up to their luxury boxes. We'll have a seat." <laughs> sure enough, he's right. Like families go up to luxury boxes. We have plenty of seats to sit in. Uh, that's so what like, I do. Yeah, just watch the game. <laughs> So then he asked me for a ride home. Give him a ride home. My car breaks down at one in the morning. Um, I get a flat tire on the BQE. Oh, and, uh, and my jack doesn't work. So I know how to change a tire, but I, my jack is, is not working. So I'm, on the, I'm like on the Brooklyn Queens Expressway at one in the morning. My phone's not working because I'm taking all these pictures, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he doesn't have a phone either. And we literally sit there for like two hours. And I'm like, wow. what are we going to do? You know, I can't get this car. I don't want to leave the car because something's going to happen to it. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, <laughs> the, the mayor's like, he's like, oh, pass to this. Two ladies of the night coming this way. <laughs> and sure enough, like, you know, two women, two sex workers, you know, come towards us and like, like, how you doing? And it was weird. Like, I just sort of lost it. And I was like, I'm doing really bad. Like, my dad is transitioning, becoming a woman. And, and my car broke down and, and my dad was supposed to go to the game with me, but he, but he didn't go because of the transition. And now I, I don't have a jack and I don't know what to do. And like these two women just looked at me and then one of them, you know, just goes, you need a jack? And I was like, yeah, I just need a jack for my car. Like doesn't listen to the other stuff I said. And she goes, oh, okay. And like walks away. And then the mayor's like, Pastor, we're going to get robbed. They're coming back to rob us. And I'm like, I know. They're going to come back to rob us. So like 10 minutes later, they come back with a jack. And they're like, do you need anything else? And I was like, no. No. Fix the car in 15 minutes, you know. Mm. And then that guy, the mayor, was like, Pastor, something important happened today. Mm. And I was like, yeah, man. The game was cool. Like, interesting thing. He goes, no. He goes, something was redeemed. And I was like, this guy doesn't go to church, nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. All right, God's, God's speaking to me through this. Mm-hmm. And so the next morning, I got home at like four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Next morning, I called my dad. And I said, hey, I want to meet you. And I said, what's your name? You know, tell me your name. So she said, well, my name's Paula. And she goes, it's just one letter. It's not that big of a deal. And I was like, it's a huge deal. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really, really big effing deal. Yeah. Um, and I was like but I'm glad to know you and I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting you. Like it was like this big pivotal moment in my life. Mm. Like, um, yeah, I, I go back to that moment often as like the moment when, um, I knew I would never be a stranger to my dad. Like the moment that I knew it was going to be okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So from there, how long till you met Paula? I mean, I met Paula two months later Okay. and, and that was hard. I mean, it was really hard. She looked nothing like, I mean, like in one way, it was really good because she she looked great. I was like, "Oh, you're mm-hmm. you're very you know, you look great." Yeah. <laughs> Whatever else there is to say, yeah. but I was like, "But you look nothing like my dad," you know. Yeah. And so it was hard. That was definitely a hard thing. Sure. Uh, and really, it sort of set me back in a place where I needed a, a little bit more time mm-hmm. um, to sort of process everything. Yeah. She was great. She was really gracious about that. Mm. Um, but it was also like time where I used to like, you know, my whole big thing was like, did, was, did my dad ever really exist or was my dad dead or, or who was this woman who knows everything about me and I know nothing about her, you know? Yeah. And so it was a time where I had to sort through that 
and and came to a place where yeah, my dad did exist like mm. very consciously. If if she wanted to be a woman the whole time, then for my dad to exist as my dad as a man, that was like a willful, conscious existing for my sake. Mm. And then that changed everything. I was like, whoa, yeah. like you you did this for me. You stayed a man for me, so that I could have a dad. That's a big mm. deal. Yeah. So, now, how long till? I mean, you obviously have kids as well. So, how long till that? Um, I mean, I, I, in your TED talk, I, I think you know you, you and Paula did a TED, yeah, talk. We did a TED talk. In your together, TED talk, yeah. I, I think she says something like, "When one person in the family transitions, everybody transitions." Everybody transitions. That's and I, I think that's a really good kind of way of thinking about it. And I think um, certainly that applies to to transitioning transgender wise, but it also applies to when one person comes out, kind of the whole family has to process that the whole, like, I think this is on, on LGBTQ plus, like uh, all, there's a certain level of like, everyone has a certain level of processing and, and and probably a a good amount of like expectations, dreams, desires, things like that. Like getting married, having kids, these can all, all these things, these, and these visions that you have, if you're a parent, for example, for your kids might change. And some of that, obviously as a, as a son, some of your expectations are changing and that's requiring a process and a transition that you're having to go through. But as a parent, you also kind of want to be like, okay, I've got kids and this is a very complicated thing and I'm having trouble processing it. At what time do I expose them to this? And this is yeah, their, yeah. this is their grandpa. And, yeah. and, and like, so talk a little bit about that. And I think part of the value there is like acknowledging that these, these subject matters and these conversations it's okay to say they're not easy, like, and and that and that it takes an amount of like wisdom and 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 just discernment on how how to navigate. Like, yeah, so I mean, hundred, yeah, about, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's really why I wrote the book. I wrote it because I was like, you know, there was nothing. I when when my dad came out, I I looked around for support or for you know ways that I can go about you know being angry, like if yeah. I, if I wanted to be angry about it. Um, you know, my whole family was upset, you know, my mom, you know, 42 years of marriage, Mm -hmm. you know, to my dad and that was going to come to an end. And, and so what I found was like a lot of, a lot of, uh, advice about like how to be supportive, but I was like, that's great. I'll get there. Yeah. But right now I need to work through some of the pain, like my Mm -hmm. own transition. Yeah. So this is, um, somebody said this and, uh, and I agree, like, yeah, you have all these thoughts, you have all these, these plans, all these feelings, all these emotions, um, and then they all change in an instant. And mm. so somebody likened it. They're like, yeah, it's like when you, you're planning a really great vacation and you're planning a vacation to Italy and you buy all the guidebooks and you know exactly where you're going and you know about the vineyards you're going to go to and you even take Italian lessons and then you get on the plane and the plane lands in Holland and you're like, I'm supposed to go to Italy. And they're like, well, mm. now you're in Holland and here mm. you are. So so, so the, the, the thing becomes like, well, yeah, I'm going to be upset that I'm not where yeah. I wanted to be. Or not where we plan to be, mm-hmm. but if I stay upset or if I stay in that place, I'm gonna miss out on what's beautiful here. Yeah, you know, if I if I stay upset about being in about not being mm-hmm. in Italy, I'm gonna miss what's beautiful about Holland. That's a good metaphor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, it's not mine; it's somebody else's. No, but, but that's a really yeah. good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so your children? How's that? How does that? So uh, all go? that to say, yeah, I think what, like to continue the metaphor. Yeah, I think with the kids, we were like, all right, kids, you think you think we're going to Italy, but we're, <laughs> we're in Holland. Yeah, and so because we are, things are going to look different, literally. And yeah. so we we talk to them about that. Mm-hmm. What's funny is the way kids respond and react. I think, um, I you know, they were six and four at the time, and I remember my my oldest saying. She said, so really, Grandpa's just going to look on the outside the way that he's always felt on the inside. 
And mm-hmm. I said, yeah. And she goes, okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's like this. <laughs> I, I, the let the little children come to me from, uh, from the, you know, from Matthew. Yeah. Like I, I read that now with those eyes, like yeah. just the, just the ability to wholly accept somebody yeah. without the baggage that comes with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I see that modeled. And so, yeah, so, you know, Paula shows up and obviously she looks very different. Mm -hmm. And so the girls are, you know, not afraid, but they didn't get up and run to her. Mm -hmm. And so then my four-year-old was like, Grandpa, do you have a penis? And like, we all just started laughing, (laughs) like broke the tension. And the question was never answered, but uh, it broke the tension for sure. And then my girls were like, Grandpa, come back and play in our room. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. my dad, who's always been an incredible grandparent, was like, okay. And... And then the kids started calling her Grand Paula, which I thought was really... That's a good, really good name. <laughs> it is. It's a good name. Um, you know, there's been a couple times where my oldest especially has said, like, I miss Grandpa. And I'm like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to miss Grandpa. It's, that's all right. You know, mm-hmm. and I want to I continue to affirm that transitions, are they're not easy. You know, they're mm-hmm. not cut and dry. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not a Kardashians fan, but I'll never forget, like... There was this tabloid or whatever that's like Kim blasts Caitlyn Jenner by posting a picture of Bruce, and I just remember thinking like she's not blasting anybody. She misses she misses Bruce. Yeah, and that's it. And like feeling this weird odd connection to that situation. <laughs> You're like I've never felt more connected I to Kim like, Kardashian. Like, and this feels really weird. I, like, felt, I felt like oh. <laughs> Yeah, I, I get that. You're not you're not blasting anybody. Like yeah. I, it was funny to feel that way. But yeah, it's it's a process for everybody. Yeah. And I remember like my dad saying, you know, um, now that I'm on these hormones or whatever, my my brain chemistry is changing, and you know I'm responding this way to these chemicals and this and that. And I remember saying, you know, like legitimately, our entire family's brain chemistry is changing because we're creating new neural pathways to see you now as a woman when for, you know, for me, 30 years, I saw you as, mm-hmm. as somebody else. Right. So, yeah. so we're all, our, our brains are all changing through this process, you know, of course. And she, like I said, she's always been gracious about it. So she's like, you're right. You're right. So, so we, we've talked a lot about the, the personal, um, journey you've gone on and yeah. also the, the, the family journey. Talk a little bit about the, career realities that are happening through this because I know even personally that, that, that as you come to really intimately connect with LGBT individuals and, and for you, obviously it's in your family, you know? Um, but as I've got to know stories, you begin to realize what's at stake in these conversations and you begin to realize the type of community you want to cultivate as a pastor, the type of values that you want. And, I'm assuming over this time you're, you're becoming a little more compassionate and understanding not only to LGBT, but also to family members of LGBT, right? Because yeah. now you identify with even their process and anger and hoping that you can maybe support them as a church. But like, I would assume all this is happening and, and how's the church planting network you're connected to receiving <laughs> that and, and, and how's... How's the church and staff processing? Just talk a little bit about that as a leader. There might be other leaders listening to this who are like, man, I'm feeling a nudge in that direction or I'm feeling some pressure or some, some just personal transformation happening. 
but that's a scary place to be in. I know that personally too. So no, like, talk yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah. And really you should interview yourself for a podcast one day with everything <laughs> you're going through with LGBTQIA oh. affirmation right now. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, it's a good question. I, th- I think, I think what I realized is that, um, if I, if I was, you know, I wanted to be an ally. I needed to be an ally. As much as I was hurt by my dad's transition, at the end of the day, uh, I believe that God affirms and includes all. I mean, I just believe that at the end of the day, regardless. Um, mm. And I couldn't, I couldn't not uh, not listen to that that voice, that the the voice of the spirit, or whatever we want to call Definitely, it. Definitely, yeah. And so, uh, and so, I was like, we we have to transit. We have to become an LGBTQIA affirming church. We have yeah. to. And so we did, and yeah, we you know we lost you know hundred thousand dollars probably, and mm. uh, you know a third of our church walked out the door. Mm. Um, I'm really really glad we did it, uh, and I'm glad we did it because, uh, and I say this all the time because people's lives are at stake. You know, yeah. People have been told that they are not um, made in the image of God. You know, if somebody told me I wasn't made in the image of God, that would be devastating. Yeah. And yet people are told that constantly by the church constantly yeah. and I'm like okay um, it's you know we, we're all made in the image of God we're made beautifully in the image of God there's a story that I tell in our TED talk yeah. about my kids walking down the street with my dad and they're like um, you know my dad's Paula and she's transitioned and, and they're like holding her hands and they're like dancing and kicking and playing and laughing uh, it was this beautiful moment and I was like this is how that this is how God sees my dad the way my kids are right now with like the joy and the dancing and, and the laughing, this is, God sees my dad and this is how God responds. Mm. And, um, and there are too many people who don't believe that about themselves. And so I was like, okay, we're going to be an ally church, even if it means that we're giving up money and we're giving up mm-hmm. people. And even if it means it's going to be a really scary next few months, um, mm-hmm. We're going to do it because lives are at stake. Lives, you know, these lives, you know, LGBTQIA lives um, are, are worth saving. <laughs> you yeah. know? And so we did. And um, what's really great is like, I, I think God honors that. And so, yeah, we went through a bit of a, a downturn and it's been what? It's been three, four, almost four years now. And and we're, you know, we're double the size we were when we, when we became an affirming church. Uh, mm. We were the most financially stable we've ever been. I wow. think I think that matters, and I think yeah. I think God honors it. Yeah, yeah for sure. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So through that transition, um, are are you kind of well? You have you have some things to prioritize too, because one of the things I appreciate is that some churches I think become LGBTQIA affirming. Um, you might say despite the Bible or despite Jesus. Or like, does that make sense? Like they <laughs> no, don't really yeah. focus on Jesus. Yeah. One of the things I appreciate about you and, and, and forefront is like, you're like, no, we're Jesus centered. We're doing this because of Jesus. Cause Jesus compels us to lead with love. Cause like, and I think so many people kind of write off affirming churches as like, well, they're just not teaching Jesus. And it's like, you guys are like, firmly centered on Jesus. hundred percent. Like, yeah. and even you would consider yourself in some ways evangelical, like, yeah, you know, the, that, that word is that attached word, to so much now that, that yeah, it's that, hard that, to, it's, a, it's a loaded word. Yeah. But, but here's the thing. Like if we take the word for what it really means, exactly. it means good news. Yep. And, and I say this all the time. I say this, 
this really is, this is really good news, this gospel mm-hmm. message that everyone's included, everyone's affirmed. And yeah, so I say all the time, we, we are a, a, a Jesus church, mm-hmm. um, Jesus first, and, and the death and resurrection is amazing news. Yes. And we happen to be LGBT affirming because the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the life of Christ is such amazing news. Yeah. Um, because Jesus shows us what that looks like. And then, you know, the inevitable follow-up question is, well, you know, do you believe in the Bible? It's like, my goodness, yeah, the Bible's amazing. It's this living and breathing book. And if it is living and breathing, then it's continuing, uh, it's, it's, it's still being written, right? Yeah. And it's still being, it's still inspiring people today. Exactly. It's, it's, it's inspirational because it's inspired by God. Absolutely. And I think it's still inspiring people to write, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously not in, in the book itself, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's inspiring us to make moves and to write mm-hmm. and to do different things. And I firmly believe, like 100% believe, um, that we are, we are um, affirming and that, that if Scripture was continuing to progress the way, you know, if we had extra pages, it mm-hmm. would show that that would be something that, yeah. that, that God ordains. Yeah. Um, you should buy my book because I write a little bit more about that part. <laughs> I'm not going to talk <laughs> yeah, about it right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, that's yeah, good. You yeah. should definitely buy, buy the book for sure, <laughs> for sure. Uh, so if people want to, uh, to connect with you, follow you, learn more about your church, learn by the book, uh, where can they follow you? Where can they find you on social and uh, some of your links, some of yeah. the different things you want them to follow? Yeah, you can go to jonathanswilliams.com. Okay. And you can do everything you can follow me on social media there you can buy the book there um yeah whatever i'm, I'm more than happy to uh, I, I you know i will post links in the show notes yeah too. please Go do ahead. please yeah. do no i love i love having conversations about about this story every now and again my dad gets to do it together which is pretty cool yeah so yeah i got yeah. to i got to meet your dad at a q conference oh nice yeah and, yeah yeah and uh yeah paula was amazing yeah she's 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 pretty cool yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for being on the Beyond Boundaries podcast. Hey, really thanks for having me. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah. Another episode in the books. Go check out Jonathan's book, She's My Dad. There's also a TED Talk that Paula and Jonathan did. That link is in the show notes. And if you are in Brooklyn looking for a church, check out ForefrontNYC.com. It was great to have you with me today on Beyond Boundaries. If you want to learn more about me or find show notes for this episode, you can go to pastorjustindouglas.com. You can interact there with feedback, comments, and questions, or you can reach out via Instagram. I'm at Pastor Justin Douglas. Please consider subscribing, rating, reviewing, and sharing. May you go and live a life that is beyond boundaries, giving others love, exploring new ideas, and championing belonging.